0: Good evening, everybody. We come to the first Q&A of uh, October, 10th month. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, every month, every day, things are changing. It's changing so fast. They talk about an October su- surprise. Actually, they do in politics, especially in the election year. And we didn't know the, what the surprise was going to be. But, uh, you know, we just have to thank God that it's not men who rule the nations, it is God the kingdom of God who rules the nation. So as we come to this 35th Q&A and the 10th month, we first thank God for bringing us through the first nine months. And as we are here on the third day of this 10th month, before we go to the Q&A, we will look to the Lord and Pastor Vijay will lead us in prayer. And then we'll go to the questions.
1: Father in heaven, we just want to thank you once again, Father, for this day. Thank you, Father, for the 10th month. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father, amidst all the turmoil and the confusion and the, and the uncertainty all around the world, Father, we know that you are a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are a God who never changes. And you said, O oh Lord, behold that you are with us even to the ends of the world. Thank you. Thank you that we serve a God who will never change, who's, who's always faithful in spite of our unfaithfulness. For you can never deny your name. And therefore we thank you. And this evening, O oh Lord, even as we uh, father focus on these questions that your people have sent from all around the world i pray father for a spirit of wisdom revelation and i pray father that your anointing would rest o oh lord over all of us even as we listen to your to your answers o oh lord i pray father the anointing would lord make every answer relevant to everyone's situation father grant us grace to that and we pray and i pray lord that you would uh, uh father you take control of This entire session, O Lord, and from the beginning to the end, let your son be glorified and your name be lifted up. We thank you. We praise you for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Yes, Pastor Vijay, let's begin.
1: So, Pastor, we look at some very crazy questions. Everything
0: is okay, right? On that side? Okay.
1: It's question number seven. Okay. Doctors say people are becoming emotionally and physically ill because of the stress of life and rapidity of change. We as Christians, how do we overcome? Is it by the word? But we have also the crazy thoughts, the crazy dreams. We want to overcome this and not constantly go through this battle in the mind and heart. Please help. <coughs> okay. Uh,
0: I mean, it's a big question, and uh, but the the answer is. You have to go back to the Word and how the whole question is how do we overcome through the word um if you go to one John chapter five and verse four it, it talks about it the whole thing is put over there everything it's put over here for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, mm. so everything you are talking about is connected with this world. Mm. everything in that question is connected death all trouble ceases. If you are in heaven, all trouble ceases. Otherwise, trouble begins. And there is no solution to it. (laughs) But when you are in this world, the Bible actually says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And how do you overcome the world? The answer is this. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Okay? Now it's saying, our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And we have to get this very, very clearly because people don't understand. We still struggle with this concept about faith. Faith is a complete lifestyle. Hmm. It is not something which you go and pick in and use it when you want. That is what we see in the Gospels, Jesus, people coming to faith, receiving something by faith and then going back to their normal lives. No, in the kingdom of God, faith is the life. You cannot detach anything in your life from faith. Mm. If you do, you will be attacked there. So faith is a lifestyle. Like sight is a lifestyle in the world. People live by sight. You live by faith. That's why the uh, book of Romans one seventeen and Second Corinthians 5.7, all those th- Verses actually say, my righteous shall live by faith. And living is a 24-7 activity. You cannot detach anything in a 24-hour 7. I'm not saying you reach there in one day, but you have to reach. And once you have practiced, like a child learns to walk, once you have practiced to walk by faith, you will be able to handle the pressures. And it it connects everything. Okay, Like if you go to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1 and 2. It talks about your thinking, because in this question, the thinking is there. If then you were raised with Christ, okay, now the question is, you can think, you know, but I am not raised, raised with Christ, I am sitting here in a chair on planet Earth, but that is a physical reality. How are you going to live, by your physical reality or your spiritual reality? There are two realities, okay, two realities, and every believer, that's the battle of faith. That's why it is a battle of faith. You have to win this. Even though I am seated here, this is not my reality. My reality is that when I look at the end of the story, I know where I am, with whom I am. It is victorious. So this is transitory. So I will not live by this reality. I will live by that reality. And if I am living by my reality, it will affect my thought life. Where are my mind? What am I thinking of? Hmm. what am i thinking oh it is not that i'm sitting there and thinking about the choir of angels and no it's not thinking about that my perspective is on the kingdom of god on earth yes. that's what it's talking about that's One. what david does he says, it's not that of because i'm not going to get his brother is uh, irritated with him angry with him and he does not get he just walks away he turns his side i'm not going to waste my time and my energy and my thoughts get distracted from the main purpose. The main purpose is the kingdom of God is here. It is under attack. And... The kingdom of God always gives victory. So I'm not going to get focused on that and immediately you will lose. That's what happens. All the issues we live in life is basically distract us from the purpose. And if we are focused on the purpose, our victory will give us victory over this too. Hmm. So the Bible says, set your mind on things above and not on things, that does not mean you are not thinking about things on earth, but you are thinking from a different perspective. And Ephesians 2-6 says, when it talks about Ephesians 2-6, I'm just on On the cuff, I'm just because this question just came. We were he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is the rest. Hebrews four is talking about. We have to labor to enter into that rest because we talk about what we say in English, the bird eye view. Hmm. When you are in a very high elevated position or when the airplane is taking off. We reach the airport in a car, we look at all the gigantic structures, but when the aeroplane takes off, and within two minutes you look, they all look like little matchboxes. The biggest structure also looks like a little matchbox. That's what it's talking about. If you are seated with Christ Jesus, your mind, you will see a perspective. It is not that the physical reality has changed, but you are seeing it through that vantage point. And that is the difference between the rest of Israel and David. Goliath has not shrunk. He's still nine feet tall. Mm-hmm. Nine feet tall. Mm. And it is nine feet tall to all who are seeing with the earthly reality. And even the king, who is the tallest, is afraid and they are trembling. But David sees it differently and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That he dare defy the armies of the living God. First he looks at like what uh, Elisha says to his servant, more are with us than those who are against Amen. us. But Elisha's servant sees nothing what Elisha sees. Mm-hmm. David sees the armies of God are behind us mm-hmm. and they are always more powerful. One can put a thousand to flee and then he sees, but where do I appropriate that power? They have no covenant. We are a covenanted people. He is uncircumcised. We are circumcised. We have a covenant with the living God. So all of Israel is circumcised. But one man is living in the light of his circumcision. And Paul will say in Romans 2 that circumcision is of the heart. heart. So we see this is a man who has come from the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Meaning he has lived in the light of the spiritual circumcision. There is no world in his heart. Yes. He is entirely separated unto God. So therefore he is able to see. That is the life. That is the life we are talking about, how you overcome. And second thing, important thing is that love your God with all your heart, all your might, all your strength. Second thing is love your neighbor as yourself. There are These are these two commandments. The most important part of our life is ultimately is relationships. So people will say Paul was able to handle it better because in so many ways he's just related to the church. He's detached without having a family. He doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have a children. I mean, at least it seems so. He doesn't have anybody. So it is easier for him. So he will also say in Corinthians, if you're gung-ho about God, then you choose to be single. You have less trouble in your life. You are serving God, and then your family, and your family is fully not with you. Then you will be pulled in two sides, okay? But let me tell you the truth about it. How you need to look at it in Scripture? Turn with me to the book of Genesis, okay? Genesis gives you this picture. Chapter 37, and verse 31 onwards, 31 to 35. So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of the goats, dipped the tunic in blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors and they brought it to their father and said, we have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? Mm. And he recognized it and said, it is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. And Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth on his waist, mourned for his son many days. Verse 35. All his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him. Daughters means his daughters-in-law, okay? Mm. And he refused, Andina. And he refused to be comforted and he said, for I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Look at a man. This is a man who has encountered God in so many ways face to face. His destiny has been changed. But because he is, what we say, in a fleshly love, mm. attached to his son, Okay, It's very flesh because he's attached to Rachel, and this is the child of his old age, and this is the child who lives. It's all carnal. His attachment is all carnal. A lot of people, their attachment even in their own family is carnal. It is not spiritual. Therefore, when tragedy hits that particular person, he's grieving, he's overcome, and he's sitting in his bed for so many years. Unable to overcome. So you know what? The very relationship which God gives us has hampered us, hindered us from fulfilling our destiny. Destiny. Now turn with me to chapter 41, sorry, 43. This is the second visit, okay? Verse 26 and 27 to 28. And Joseph came. Home. They brought him the present which was in their hand into the house, and he bowed down before him to the earth. The brothers have no clue who he is, okay? He asked them about the, their well-being and said, Is your father well, the old man of whom you spoke, is he still alive? And they answered, Your servant, our father is in good health, he is still alive. And they bowed their heads down and prostrated them. So look at the difference. Here is a son who loves his father, but his love is not carnal. It is not connected with your flesh. It's been 21 years since he's seen his father. But he knows he's okay. He's got his 10 sons with him, 11 sons with him. They can take, my, it's not emotional, sentimental kind of a love. I have to take care of my father. But I know he's safe with his, his, he's got everything. He's safe. Now I cannot leave my kingdom purpose. My God has called me for a purpose. And I cannot leave this and be so sentimentally attached and and run away from my position. This is the difference you see between jacob and joseph jacob is 2122 years of his life is a complete waste it is nothing is mentioned over there you know why because he's in his flesh attached to his son while his son is attached to his father in the spirit he knows his father is fine hmm. his father is fine he's got a big family he's got 11 sons he's got all the slaves everything is okay he's taken care of meaning when we grow old Basically we just, when our parents grow old, we have to take care of their physical well-being. That's our duty. And if they are there, we don't get sentimentally attached. Okay? Mm -hmm. And then what happens is, if that attachment is affecting your relationship with God and the purpose of God in your life, the purpose will go carpet. Okay, and this, uh, this is connected with every relationship, mm-hmm. including your spouse, including your spouse. Because Bible says Enoch walked with God for 300 years. It does not mean he was mean and nasty to his wife. If he was, he could not walk with God. No. His wife is not interested, but he's taking care of his family. He's taking care of the needs of his family, but they are not spiritually interested. No, she may be interested in all the other things and wants to pull her husband to that. And he says, no, I'm not coming for that. But he's a good husband because otherwise you cannot walk with God. Mm -hmm. He's a good husband. According to God's parameters, he takes care of all the needs of the family. Everything is taken care of. They are well, they are protected, they are preserved, he's kind, he's compassionate, he's all that. Mm -hmm. It's all that. But he walks with God. Therefore, he does not allow commandment number two to come between him and God. And a lot of people in this world, in this current life, are so disturbed and so discouraged. Christians is because, one, because they are not able to see life from heaven's Mm -hmm. vantage point and therefore make appropriate decisions. And they have not brought that kingdom order into their lives. Or second, they are messed up because of what you call it. Uh, relationships, they don't know their priorities, even your wife, or your husband, okay, even your wife, or your husband, the order, in, because even in that, you have to be very careful about your order, because the order matters, the head of Christ is father, God, the head of man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man, so please don't misunderstand the order, so, but here, when you are a couple who are believers, the man's first neighbor is his wife, Neighbor is his wife. Okay, he he can only become physically one with her. He cannot become spiritually one with her. He spiritually one only with God. Mm. Yes. Okay. He cannot become spiritually one with with her. He can physically become one. Maybe to a point mentally one with her. Spiritually, he is only one with God because his spirit is yoked to God. Mm. So his first neighbor is his wife. So you are not asked to love your you are asked to love your neighbor as yourself. But you're not asked to love your neighbor with all your heart, with all your... Love your neighbor with yourself, meaning what is that you desire for yourself? You're a spiritual man. What is that you desire for yourself? You want God to be first in your life. And if you love your neighbor as yourself... That is what you desire for your wife. Mm. That is what Ephesians 5 says. He washes her by the washing of what? Meaning every ministry the husband basically does to the wife is to see that he tries to bring her attention and affection to God first. See, this is I want you to enjoy God the way I enjoy God. Okay, and to that the wife is easily able to submit. The issue sometimes, often, is with the man. He does not love God with all his heart, all your mind, and tell, submit to me, submit to me. But she may be loving God with all her heart, and she finds it d- difficult. Okay, so sometimes you need to be wise like Elkanah. If you don't have it, and you look, your wife had it. It's okay. You handle it. You handle it. You know. You know. So you you have um like you know uh, we have a word in English called. Uh, Geek. G-E-K. Okay, geek. But the problem is not with geek. The problem is when your father is Greek. <laughs> Timothy's father was Greek. Mother was Hebrew. So it never talks about his father. It talks about the faith that was from his grandmother to mother. So why is Timothy a divided person? He's a divided person and Paul has to really whoop him is because his father is Greek. Yet the mother was successful in passing her faith onto her child. Okay, so we understand these things we have to look at this season. One, how you relate with the issues of this world. These are temporary. This is passing away. I am here for a season, I am a purpose. So the Bible uses different terms to de- describe believers in the earth, calls us strangers in the promised land. It calls us aliens. It calls us pilgrims. And if you look at all these three terms, about these terms, they don't have attachments. They don't have attachments. Let us imagine. Let's think. Tomorrow we have Sunday service. We go to church. And a visitor is there in town. He's here only for one week. And he Google search, found our church. He came. He comes. He listens. He fellowships. And he goes. But he's just a stranger. Mm -hmm. He's not attached to our church. He comes. And he comes through one door, goes through the other door. Okay. So God says, you are a stranger in this world. You are an alien in this Mm -hmm. world. You don't belong here. And you are a pilgrim in this world for a purpose. That has to be there. Otherwise, it will take you down. It will take you down. It will take you down. And it is a walk by faith. You have to believe. All that I need, once I've got God's, like last Sunday's message, if I get God's order, and if I'm faithful, God will give me what I need for this life. He will add to it, but I will not want anything at the cost of my relationship with Him. Hmm. For that sake... I am willing to lay down my life. That's they overcame him. First we see, they overcame by their faith. Yeah. Second, the other fellow, the devil, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. That's not enough. They did not love, love their him. lives even unto death. To some church, it will be like Smyrna. God says, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you there for 10 days. Be faithful unto death. To others, it may be like Philadelphia. I will take you from this yeah. trouble that is coming up on the whole earth. I'll take you from there. Okay? So you have to get these pictures. And then you will. And a lot of people, let me tell you honestly, a lot of people in these last days will come to the Lord not with order in their life, kingdom order. They come later after having messed up their lives. Because unlike old ages, other years, uh, ages, today's ages, the child already knows about sex before he's five or six years old. He's exposed to everything of the world. So he's already messed up his mind. Even if he, comes to the Lord at 15 or 16. He has already experienced everything. Everything. They say they are already sexually active before they are 15 or 16. Hmm. So they know everything. They have experienced the the filth of the world, everything that would destroy you. So when they are going through their problems, you need to realize most of them need deliverance. They need to be delivered. They need to be set free. And then only, you know what happens? they can actually so even when they hear they know it is true but there's a battle going on mm. inside and they need deliverance and they need to deliver themselves they don't have a church lay your hands upon your head and keep commanding every ungodly unclean thing to leave yes pastor vijay
1: it's it's essentially uh, when you're talking about deliverance you're talking about the demonization of the mind both body and mind uh, body and mind yes body and
0: mind body so, and mind
1: mm. And right. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned mm. that by 15, uh, I, I mean, I was, uh, listening to some, uh, Telugu preacher with a...
0: Is it, the audio is okay?
1: Yeah, he, you uh, know, he, he made a very interesting observation. He says, by the time people are 18, mm. they've experienced what they were supposed to experience by, let's say, 40 years of their lives mm. in 15 or 18. After that, there's no purpose and most of them have become suicidal because they've, they've, they've finished everything. Yeah. They've come to the end of their lives the and... They don't know what to do. They, they've just... They've just exhausted everything in yep.
0: Because that, like as we look, looked on Thursday, that's the nature of hell. Mm. All the people, how does the devil take people to hell? Through lust. Mm. How does God take people to heaven? Through love. Mm. But they look the same. Yeah. If you don't know. One is gold, the other is bronze. But they shine. They shine. And I'll tell you, bronze is cheap. Yep. Bronze is cheap. And that's the problem with desire. That's the problem with desire. That's the problem with pleasure. God expected pleasure to be a byproduct of a purpose. Mm. Not the end mm. product. But the whole world is pleasure driven. Yes. No? Okay, I'm not talking about Rick Warren, but Kingdom of God, these need to be purpose driven. Mm, yep, yep. Okay, there is a Kingdom purpose, okay, and out of that should come your pleasure. Mm-hmm. So you will see, David is purpose driven by the Kingdom. And when he, when he, when he kills Goliath and cuts off his head, there is pleasure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Of, the of the triumph. Of, victory, yes, of yes. that victory. Amen. Okay, victory, yes. in him. And all the others join in that pleasure, but there is, they did not earn it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then Saul becomes jealous mm. because somebody did the work and people give them the credit and he gets upset about it. Okay, so that should be. Your pleasure should be genuine. It should be because of something you achieved. But everything in the world is short-circuited. No, you don't have to work for it. Just take it. Mm. Just take it. And then you know what? By the time he's 15, 16, 17, you know what? He's got no purpose. He's mm. only driven by pleasure. And mm. then they get suicidal. Mm-hmm. Because the problem with pleasure, it's like hell. Mm-hmm. It enlarges its mouth. It it does not satisfy, satisfy you. you. Yes. It is not sad. That's when it everything goes into perversity. No, sex goes into perversity, eating goes into and people don't realise most people I know, I see are perverse eaters. Platony. No. Oof. Perverse eaters. They are perverse in their eating, and people don't use perversity with eating. <laughs> they only use perversity with sex. But people don't realize, you don't be, you could be absolutely kosher about sex, one man, woman, or one man, um, woman, man, and it'd be absolutely perverse in your eating. And throw away the purpose of God like Isaac. Literally, throw, and God, uh, uh, gluttony is also... Uh, seven deadly sins. <laughs> one of the seven deadly sins. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, and can be anything, you know, conversation. You no know, conversation, absolutely loose conversation, angry conversation. And we, people don't even realize, you know, people say, after all, it is only words, you know, stones and sticks hurt, but words don't, who told, told you? you. Yeah. Jesus said, you will be judged for every word, word that you've spoken, every yeah. word. And then you say these words, and then, you know, don't take it back. Taking it back by saying, I am sorry, but they don't, they don't even apologize. They justify it. And the people don't realize they are miserable. Miserable. God has made an order for all these things. We don't follow this order, we will go through this circle. No, like we saw on Thursday. God left their life into futility. Futility. Without purpose. And who is talking about? He's not talking about the Gentiles. He's talking about Israel. See a person who does not know what purpose is. Mm cannot live his life in futility. Yes, yes, yes. Because you are ignorant about a purpose. But once you enter into the kingdom and you understand the kingdom and the purpose of the kingdom and then you never achieve it, your life is set up in futility. You are miserable. You are miserable. You know this is possible. You understand all this. Oh boy, this is possible. You look at the history of God's people. This is possible. But the problem is you shut circuit your life. Short circuit your life. And so there is a way out. The way out is Christ. The life of faith is the life of Christ. Yes, Pastor Riddell.
1: Okay. <laughs> so we'll go to the next question is a sixth question is, uh, question number
0: six. Six. It says,
1: mm. I have this question that why do the children of great prophets in the Old Testament could not follow God after having fathers like them?
0: The question, uh, this is, this is, this is, this question in so many different ways has been asked. This has been asked. Uh, it could be also you can also put it across this way. Why is in there except for say Sarah till the end? How come there are in great wives of great men of God, great children? Why don't we see that? Why don't we see that? God only comments one woman in the entire New Testament. It is Sarah. Okay, because he does not look just at the beginning or the middle. He looks at the end. Amen. Okay, yes. so we know Rachel didn't end well. We know Rebecca didn't end well. We don't know. So a lot of them don't end well. So we are looking at great men. We are not looking in great women alone whose men were in great. That's a different story. Hannah is a great woman. Elkanah is just a normal, ordinary man. So we are looking at it here. One of the fundamental issues, because we have had had so many of these questions talking about from actually very bitter uh, pastor's wives. Because pastor's wives especially, everywhere they go through this. Everywhere they go through. Incred- incredible, powerfully used men of God. I don't even want to mention their names because you would be shocked. Many of them are dead and gone. How angry and bitter their wives are. We almost have defied them. Because some of the questions I don't even when even read I don't even mention names who these people are. These are big guns, really, really big guns. I'm not talking just in the eyes of the world, but even in God's kingdom. Okay. So what I'm talking about, what happens is 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 one of the danger of this. One of the greatest danger God's people make is there is God, there are things of God, and there are men of God. We get familiar with all. With all? With, with all. all. Okay. We get familiar with God. Mm-hmm. We get familiar with the things of God. Like Nathapayana and did, we get familiar with the men of God. And one of the people who get very familiar with the men of God are the wives of those men and the children of men. Because when the man comes home, he's still a man. The greatest men of God are still men. But the problem is they forget the anointing that is upon that man. When they speak against that man, they speak against that anointing. Okay, They speak against that anointing. So Zipporah will never amount to anything in the kingdom of God because she is very familiar with that man. But that, that man is chosen and called and anointed by God. It's a man to whom God speaks face to face. Does he have foibles? Yes. Does he have frailties? Yes. Does he have temper problems? Yes, he has all that. But you cannot take something away from him. The anointing of God rests upon him. Rests upon him. Okay. Can you take anything out of uh, Samuel? No. Samuel, the anointing. (laughs) We don't know what he is as a father or as a husband. We don't know especially what he has as a husband. He may have all his weaknesses. But there is something you cannot take away from Samuel. The anointing of God rests upon him all the days of his life. And
1: God speaks to him.
0: And you know what happens? Mm. Zipporah is very familiar with Moses. Samuel's wife probably is very familiar with Samuel. And you know what happened? The children fall apart. The children fall apart. Fall apart. That is one of the... People laugh when I say this. That's one of the reasons... Uh, in Peter, you go to Peter, chapter 3. Okay, let's look at it. We have to understand the concept about the, the spiritual truth what God is talking about. Wives, likewise, submissive to your own godly husbands. It doesn't say that. To your own husbands. That even if someone does not obey the word, they be thought a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. Okay? Come further down. Yeah, quickly. Who ups- uh, Yeah, Come further down. Three, four, or let's live. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in this former of times, the holy men who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. And Sarah is brought over there? And as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. The term she uses is a term that is associated with Jesus Christ.
1: Yes.
0: The Lordship. The Lordship. Okay. The Lordship. Because she recognizes the anointing and the call of God upon his life. Upon his life. She understands. God speaks to my husband. He's called him out of the hour of the Chaldeans. He's having encounters with God with all his foibles, all his mistakes of telling her, Say you are my sister and all these things. She never brings that into the narrative. Mm. She doesn't bring, I mean, if somebody wants to really, really complain and one be nasty, Sarah can. She knows all the weaknesses of her husband, but she knows something beyond that. My husband is a man called by God. And that call is bigger than me. Bigger than me. And I am not going to let this affect Isaac. His weaknesses affect Isaac. As far as I am concerned, Isaac is going to grow up honoring his father. Let me tell you something. If Sarah hadn't been that kind of a mother, you cannot tie Isaac onto the altar.
1: Yes. She will resist. He will
0: resist. You can never tie Ishmael onto the altar. Ishmael cannot be tied onto the altar. Because, though the father is the same, but the mother is different. Mother is different. So you have to look at these pictures. You have to look at the pictures. And so many of the prophet's children never turned out right is because... The wife of the prophet did not distinguish between a husband and a man of God. And they had contempt the man of God. Like what what happens to Lord, a lot of pastors' wives. You know? They have all their issues because the wife at the end of the day is connected with the children, the provisions, all that he has to take care of. But her mind is on domestic issues. Well, this man, day and night, he is dreaming and meditating and troubled by the things of God. Think about Zipporah. Uh, uh, what what are the names Eliezer and uh, Uh,
1: no um, Gershom and Levi
0: Uh, yeah Gershom and no Eliezer no 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 no, 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 no. no, no. okay Gershom Gershom hasn't eaten today he's hungry what is Moses thinking about I have to meet the Pharaoh tomorrow morning one judgment is over and he's still not willing look at this and look at that Okay. And she doesn't understand what he is going through. The weight that is on his shoulder. See, if Elijah had a wife, it does not seem he had one. Mm-hmm. She will never understand the weight that is on his shoulder. I have to bring a nation back to God. I have to bring a nation back to God. Okay. Because women, we are not negating anything that is happening, but the women's life is entirely connected with the home and the home things. Or well, the man of God, the prophet of God, what is on his shoulders, no ordinary man can bear unless he is anointed. And this man is anointed to bear that burden. Okay? And so what happens is familiarity creeps in. And it's a very dangerous thing for a wife of a prophet to be familiar with the prophet. She can be familiar with her husband, but she cannot be familiar with the prophet. So when he's standing on the pulpit, she doesn't listen to anything he says because she's judging him in his heart, in her heart. Yeah. what is he sitting there and talking about? He doesn't even care if the children have had three meals today. Therefore, you know what? His ministry goes over his head. And God does not have a different ministry for her. Every other woman in the church may get blessed because of the word that is coming from his mouth and she misses it. Let like me call and then David. Okay. And mm. what happens is when you get familiar, let me tell you what actually happens. He returned that word, and I had I was coming to that. Mm. Now if you go to uh, Second Kings chapter six.
1: Second Samuel first.
0: Second Samuel chapter six. or not Kings. Second Samuel chapter six. Okay. Second Samuel chapter six. Okay. And verse. Yeah. Twenty. And then 23, yeah. And David returned to bless his household. Now he's coming to bless his household. You need to realize when he's coming to bless the household, he's coming as, he's not coming as the king Mm -hmm. to his house. He's coming as the prophet. Mm -hmm. The father is the king, the prophet, and the priest of his house. He's coming with the prophetic anointing all over him. And who is there? His first wife, Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out and met me. Said, How glorious was the king of Israel today uncovering him? So, you know what? She's becoming very familiar. Very familiar. And she's speaking against the anointing that is over him. Against the anointing. And you know what happens to her? Verse 23. Therefore, Michal, the daughter of Saul, I can, can I have it in KJV? Mm. Okay? Okay. The other word, actual word to be used is that she was barren all her life. Yeah. Barren all her life. And you know, sadly, the one who should have been the most fruitful, the one who should have brought the next heir to the throne, after which there would have been no conflict over the throne, because she Saul's son and David's, Saul's daughter and David's wife, remains barren. She's not able to produce a next godly spiritual seed. You know why? Because she's familiar. She's familiar. And that happens to the children of the prophet. The children of prophet get very familiar. They don't listen. Samuel's sons don't listen. Moses' sons probably don't listen. Because God is not a respecter of persons. If Moses' sons had one-tenth of what Moses is, God would have picked them up. I would have picked them up. Okay, they don't listen. Samuel's sons don't listen. David's sons don't listen. Okay. Eli is not a bad man. He tried talking to his sons, but they don't listen. They don't listen to their father. Okay. They don't listen to their father. Okay. So this this is where the issue comes. So you have to put it all together. I am not blaming the woman per se. What I am saying is that if you are a wife, of a man of God, be very careful. You should always know the distinction. My husband is a servant of God. The call of God upon his life came before he ever thought about me. Remember that scene in Ten Commandments? <laughs> Pharaoh's daughter who was in love with Moses and Zephora who marries Moses. When they two meet, she says, your husband, I lost him when your husband went in search of his God and you lost him when he found his God. Okay, she makes that state. I still, of all the Ten Commandments, I watched it only once. I, still, I watched it when I was not even a believer. What a, what and I still a, remember that dialogue. It struck in my mind. What happens to a man when he finds his God and when he goes in search of his God, he loses everything else. Everything else becomes secondary. But God has not told that to a woman. To a woman, He says, your Lord is your master, your husband. He does not say that He says that to the woman. The man, He says, your head is Christ. He does not say that to a woman, because then He would be changing the order and the home would fall apart completely. Fall apart completely. And if you are a wife of a man of God, be very, very careful about what you say. Because you do not know the pressure that is upon him, what he carries on his shoulder. That's why he's standing before God and prays one prayer, right? In Exodus 33 and verse 14, can we have it? This is his prayer. This is the burden. This is the incredibly educated man, the most educated man in the best university in the world, probably in Alexandria or Cairo or wherever he was studied, in the King's Academy, he studied, the smartest guy on planet Earth. This is his prayer. And look at the burden on his shoulder. Exodus 33, 14, 15. Okay? And God's response to his prayer. Can we have it? Yeah. Yeah, 13, 13, 13. Can we have it? Yeah. Therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your ways that I might know you, that I might find grace in your sight, and consider this nation is your your people. people. He says, Lord, this nation is your people. You are telling me to take them from here to there. And on the way, is full of enemies. And that land is full of the enemies. I have to take them from here. This is the burden on my shoulders. And what is Zephora thinking about? What do I cook for lunch today? Hmm i'm talking about a it. simple and it's a, it's a legitimate issue in our heart it's a legitimate issue in our heart it's not a illegitimate issue it's a very legitimate so what does a mother has to think that's why proverbs 31 talks about an incredible mother who just leaves her husband to sit at the gate with the elders and she says you don't worry about it i got it You don't have to worry about the home. I understand the call of God upon your life. You are supposed to sit at the city gates. You are supposed to contend with the elders. You are supposed to bring the kingdom of God down to earth. I got it covered. You don't worry about it. You don't worry about it. I got the house covered. You just see that the provision comes in. I will take care of the rest. Or if not, I will see that what I can do to see that you don't trouble your head about it. Your children will love you. Your children will honor you. You will not have to... You have to be divided between the home and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of home is safe. Safe. Home is safe. Okay? And this is what he's saying. I have to take these people from point A to point B and all the troubles in between. And I'm asking you, is that Lord? Help me. And what is God's answer?
1: My presence shall go with you. And I will give you My, an my presence shall? I will go with
0: you. Now. So when you are speaking against that man, you're speaking against God's presence. Mm. Who's going with him? Does Zipporah see who's going with him? No. No? And turn. No? Turn, uh, to the, book Exodus, uh, no? Uh, Zip, uh Miriam and Aaron. Uh, Numbers 11. Numbers yeah, 11.
1: Numbers, uh, 11. uh, not 11.
0: 11, 12 actually. Okay. 12, 12. Numbers 12. Okay. Numbers 12, verse 1. Simple. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. Just look at that. It's one line. It's enough. Okay. Who's speaking? His elder sister. How old is she? Much older than him. And Aaron, his elder brother. Does God consider any of those things? Just because you're an elder sister, you have the right to speak to a younger brother like that. He said you can speak to any other younger brother, but not to this man. Because when you speak against this man, you're speaking against my anointing. She's his eldest. She may be at least 13, 14 years older than him. She has everything to say. When you were small, I changed your diapers. I carried you. I fed you. What I No. And God says, that's a different person. This is a different person. This is my man. My anointing rests upon him. My spirit is upon him. When you speak against him, you're speaking against my spirit. You know what she had to go through? As a lesson to all of Israel and all time, she had to stand outside the camp, and the whole nation was blocked for seven days. You know why? Because she spoke against her youngest brother. Think about it in human terms. The elder sister spoke against the youngest brother. Okay, He's the youngest brother. But God says, the minute my hand is upon your brother, and my anointing comes, he's no longer your brother, he's first my servant. Everything has changed. It's no longer the same. Everything has changed. So you be very careful how you deal with him. Okay, don't get too familiar. Don't get too familiar. Okay, he doesn't need your advice. You don't have to give free advice. If he asks, it's different. Because you know what? I speak to him. I speak to him. He doesn't need your advice. That's basically what i are saying. Has God only spoken through us? He speaks through us. Why are you not listening to us? Basically, that's what they're saying. He doesn't have to listen to us. When a man hears clearly from God, he doesn't have to hear from anybody else. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to hear anybody from else. You know? And this is where the problems come. No, The parents of a man of God, the siblings of the man of God, all of them go kaput because they don't realize. And God has this funny way of picking the youngest one. Moses is the youngest one, David is the youngest one, Joseph is the youngest one, Abraham is the younger one. Why does he do that? Just to see that. Do you see the distinction? This order does not make any difference when my anointing comes. When the anointing comes, he becomes the eldest. He becomes. The anointing is what matters. It's not when you came out of your mother's womb. Okay. If that's not. And he tells uh, tells Joseph. You You know what tells Joseph the dream? Your father and your mother also will bow before you. Jacob got so upset (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean I and your mother will bow he said well that is the dream I saw what is it meaning it is the anointing that will rest upon Joseph you are not bowing to Joseph you are bowing to the anointing anointing you are bowing to the anointing you are bowing to his teaching Okay. if Joseph imagine is the pastor of the church in Goshen and he preaches every day, Jacob has to listen to him. And he can say, Oh, this is my younger son. How dare he speak to me? And his messages are cutting and he's cutting. God says, wait a second, that's not your son who is speaking. That's my spirit who is speaking. Because a lot of people get caught in all these issues because they do not understand the concept about the kingdom. They do not understand the concept about the kingdom. They look with physical eyes, and that's what the Pharisees got. He said Hey, wait a second. You guys all uh, talk about Moses, right? He's your big guy, right? Well, Moses spoke about me. And by the way, who's your father? Abraham. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And they were shocked. They said, you're not even 30, 40 years old. Saying so you don't understand the anointing. You don't understand the anointing. He says when the anointing speaks through a man, it is the Ancient of Days who is speaking through him. Oh. He has no age, he has no beginning, he has no end. It is not. So be very, very careful how you deal with the anointing. And that's where Prophet's children, most of them goofed up. David's children goofed up. No, all of them goofed up because they did not realize. And you see their wives, are miserable wives because they didn't try to see the difference between the man of God and their husband. No, so a lot of people will say, "Lord, I want to marry a man of God." Really? You really want to marry a man of God? Do you know what it costs you? I mean, you can be the greatest if you are, if you really understand who is. No, turn to Isaiah, fifty-five, fifty-three. One second.
1: Which one, Pastor?
0: I called 51. Isaiah, Isaiah fifty-one. 51. Isaiah 51, fifty-one verses one, two, and three. One, two, and three. Look at it. What God will say? <laughs> Listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the hole of the pit from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who bore you. Do you see that? For I called him alone.
1: alone. <laughs> okay,
0: He says that was one couple who ultimately became one. <laughs> she said, my Lord, my master. Hmm. Say you are my sister. Yes, Lord. Two times. Pregnant this time. My Lord. Yes Lord I'm not going to go against you See the law has not given about so. You have to work within what they know then That's what you say That's what it is I'm not going to fight against you Because I know you were called by God And even if you are making a mistake Let God correct you It's not my job It is not my job To correct you in this Okay And then I believe He must have told The Lord spoke to me Sarah I have to take my son And offer him as a sacrifice she says, "Yes, Lord. take We would have screamed, pulled, her. you take Ishmael. I I suck his mind.' You know, all that. You know. I suck his <laughs> mind. You know. So it falls apart. Okay. I'm not justifying therefore the man of God if he's nasty and cruel and all that. He's not a man of God. Okay. He's not a man of God. Okay. But you still you have to be very careful about the anointing that rests upon men like all of them, including David." David had all his weaknesses, but he was still the man of God. Still the man of
1: God. After his own heart.
0: After, After his, his own heart. heart. That testimony never changed. Changes. Yeah. And you know, Michal was there in all her life. And then she was given two sons to raise and they were also hung. That was a tragedy. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yes, Pastor Vijay. A I hope I haven't offended anybody. Pastor, I just... Before if you're offended... I have,
1: one one okay. question can I ask. So what is the practical advice you give for people who are in the ministry as men as to how should they be leading their families in a way... First thing
0: I will say is to all men, all men. Because I've met men of God and I was so angry with them and I could be angry with them and I didn't let their wife know I was angry with them. The, the Bible says one thing. If one does not take care of his family, he's worse than an unbeliever. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so this is one of the fundamental issues of the mother. She wants to see her children have enough food. You can have seen pastors who don't take care of their families at all. Just take off and they go and never bother. Then you're worse than an unbeliever. No? If you take care of their basic needs that is the duty of the father okay the duty of the father unless you have an agreement where the mother brings it in and there is no issue meaning there should not be an issue over that there should not be lack i'm not talking about plenty and fancy and all i'm talking about fundamental needs what does you need you need a kind of a roof over your head you need food on the table and your clothes on your back okay that he has to be very very sure and then if he's genuinely called by God, God will take care of it. He'll add to it. So you don't have to worry about it. But that has to be taken care of. And if that is taken care of, usually most of the wives don't have much issues. Mm. Mm. Yes. Okay. I've seen all kind of people where pastors' wives told me, Pastor Patani, we live in hunger every day. He goes and he never comes. Six months, no call, no nothing at all. We live like beggars. Landlord is shouting, rent. There is no food. No. I mean, that's, that's not, that's not right. That is not right. God will judge those men. But they have incredible ministries. So I have to tell them, that man has incredible ministry. Demons flee when he even walks around. People get healed, crippled walk and all. So I said, you do one thing. When you have an issue, call me. I'll help you out. Call me, tell me, I'll help you. But cover your husband. Because your husband is an incredibly powerfully anointed. In this way, in this side of his life, he's broken down. He doesn't even know what to do. But you cannot question his anointing. Your <laughs> anointing is working.
1: It's like that widow of the sons of the prophet. Yeah, so yeah. widow
0: the son, the prophet, remember? Mm-hmm. He is terrible when it comes to finances. Mm-hmm. Now he's dead and gone. And now they're coming to sell his children.
1: What if you God?
0: Yeah, no. What if you're God? Okay, so we have to look at one of the fundamental things I'll always tell about men is that take care of it. You need to have the faith, the God who called you to take care of a nation, <laughs> He will feed your family too. But you need to be very sure about that so that you don't unnecessarily add to their tension. No tension. And then minister to them. Continually minister to them to see that you bring their mind back to God and to the kingdom of mm. God. No, that's why he says do not be unequally, unequally yoked So Moses goofed up and married Zephora Who was a Midianite no, All of them jumped the gun and married uh, Carnal wife no, But Rebecca was not mm-hmm. Rebecca, uh, Isaac became carnal Sarah remained spiritual Sarah remained spiritual no, only a couple of times she made little go. But if you look at it, Abraham and Sarah, she was the one who was actually more spiritual mm-hmm. than him. I
1: mm-hmm.
0: know. Uh, I mean, sometimes you know what a student can be better than the teacher. <laughs> no, everything she knew about God, she heard from Abraham, but she turned out to believe better than him. She had no fear at all. That's what uh, Second Peter, First Peter, Chapter Three said. Yeah, no fear at no all. Fear. And because she had no fear, God protects her in every situation and brings her out. This fellow must be sitting in the tent, miserable, now wondering what's happening with my wife. Nothing is happening to the wife. Mm -hmm. God doesn't even allow the Pharaoh or the other fellow to put a hand on her while she's eating very well in Egypt. Mm -hmm. Because she's eating in the palace. (laughs) Okay, This fellow is hungry because (laughs) he has no appetite, because wife is sitting in the herald. While she has no fear at all, therefore there is faith and God is protecting her and feeding her well. Mm. Okay. That's why Sarah is put across, okay, as the model wife and the model wife of the man of God. Yes, Pastor Vijay.
1: So we'll uh, we'll ask a question of a good student, Pastor. Question number five is from a good student. Question yeah. number five. five. Yes,
0: my very good student.
1: We are told to correct our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. when they go, when they do wrong. But when should we really speak, and how do we really differentiate that we are not being busybody in their matters?
0: Uh, okay. Uh, let us let me put it this way when you are correcting somebody you cannot correct somebody unless you judge somebody mm. okay you're making a judgement call this is right this is wrong what you did is wrong and this is what should be done and if you look at let's let's put it because bible says judge not or you will be judged yes. why why will you be judged because the yardstick by which he used to judge was wrong. Mm, That's why you will be judged exactly. with the same measure. If the measure that you used to judge was righteousness, you are not afraid of judgment being judged back because you're walking. If you're walking in righteousness, yes. okay. So Jesus was never afraid of a judging because he says, "My judgment is always That's right." True. Yeah.
1: Which if, of you can condemn yourself? Yeah, okay, you can. Okay. You can
0: turn around and judge me also. Too. Also, oh yes. because what yeah. I judge yeah. is what I live by. Mm-hmm. Okay. So people run out of it. Mm. take that one words and run away with it okay run away with it. so you have to be very very careful about it okay that's the first thing when you are making a judgment be very very sure you're making a righteous judgment that's mm-hmm. why the old testament and the new testament says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, witnesses. not hearsay yes hearsay is not accepted in the court of law mm-hmm. in in, the, in india nothing matters everything is accepted Okay, We are not talking, we are talking about a general court, okay, a general righteous court. Here it says, you have to be an actual witness that I saw. I am an actual witness. Okay? Two or three witnesses. Don't accept anything. Usually in most cases you will see there are hardly any witnesses. Hardly any witnesses. <laughs> Amen. Okay? Like uh, Uriah is killed. Only one man knows. The general job. Nobody knows. Nobody has any clue. And if David is not a man of God, he will have no remorse. Because everybody will think, wow, somebody died in battle and the king married his widow. What a great king he is. Nobody has no. It's a personal letter from the king to the general of the army. Nobody has any clue. So there is no two Hmm. witnesses. There are only two witnesses. One is David, one is Joab. Both will keep their mouth shut. But there is a third witness. It is God. God, because he's a man after God's own heart, makes him miserable. Okay? Makes him miserable. Okay? So when you're talking about correcting a brother or a sister, first, remember your yardstick should be righteous. righteousness. You are a witness. You know absolutely it is true. Second, you need to be very sure it's a brother or a sister. Meaning, you really have a relationship with them. Mm. We don't have a, where you have not invested in a relationship, mm. don't go around correcting people. Yes. Okay? Because people will take correction only from people who have invested in you. Mm. They don't take correction from random people. That is why fellowship is so important in the Bible. The second part. Like the second part. Because, okay? If you have not invested, stay away. Go and tell, like Joseph. Joseph did not correct his brothers. He went and told his father. Mm. Okay, Joseph did not correct because, you know, they're all older to me. It's not my place to correct them. So what I need to do is that report it to the appropriate party. That's my father, because it's about him, and leave it to him. It's up to Jacob whether he wants to correct or not. If Jacob does not correct, I'm going to take the law in my hands. No, stay there. Stay in your position. It's not, you cannot take the law when you have not, because it's a third principle. You do not judge where you have not been given authority. Authority. authority okay. You have not given me an authority, don't judge. Okay. A lot of people make this mistake. They jump and judge. Okay? A lot of people, especially in, in, in settings, in church settings, they do. Because they confuse older with elder. Just because you are older, that does not make you elder. You can be young and be an elder. Okay? Moses was the youngest, yet he was the elder. Hmm. Miriam was the oldest, but she was not an elder. (laughs) Okay? Are you getting the picture? Yes. Okay. So people make this mistake. Have you been commissioned to judge? No. Have you been commissioned to judge? No. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Because if you correct... Okay, so in a, like let's put in this case like, like a family settings. Okay, it is Ruben's call to correct his younger ones, but he's a weak guy. So he what does he do instead of correcting, he's always compromising. If you look at what he's saying, it's always compromise. Okay. Yet he's called to correct his younger brothers because he is the eldest. As the eldest he has the right to be in the place of the father when the father is absent. With the younger siblings, but Mm. he does not correct. He compromises. He compromises. So when you are looking, you have to look at patterns. Okay, patterns, and then it comes to parents. The Bible says, "Children obey your parents." This is only told to children. Mm. No, Pastor Vijay is there. He's not. He's 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 not longer considered a child of his parents who needs to obey. okay what does he have to do he just have to honor. honor and sometimes how do you do honor you honor by silence they say something just leave it alone don't say anything back leave it alone but you don't have to obey and parents don't understand this problem this, this thing because especially in india india means you have to obey from birth till death birth till death you don't have to obey you don't have to you have to honor them you don't have to you obey god you have already moved out it's over they, 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 they don't, you don't even have to be like, like I have children, I have older children, no, they're on their own, they make their own money. I don't tell them anything to do. If they ask me, I give them advice. It's free. I don't tell them what to do. You live your lives by how you have been raised. It's your call. I don't tell you what to do. I don't tell you what to do. But if you ask me, I will tell you. This is my advice. No? Yes. the oldest one always will ask what did Papu say this is what I said. said I'm not going to call Okay, you are 30 years old that does not make you <laughs> any different you have to do what I tell you now. are you living with me no mm. am I putting food on your table mm. and no you don't have to listen to me you don't have to listen to me you don't have to listen to me but you will have to honor me but then there is something in the house rules, you know, with the house rules, you go against the house rules and will say, yet I will come and stay with you. I'm sorry.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: You want to stay by your rules, which is completely different from my rules, stay in your own house. I will love you from far. Love is unconditional. Approval is not. We fear. Our whole problem is we get it completely wrong. Everybody is fighting for God's love when it is free. And nobody actually battles for His approval, which is not free. Yes. Which is not free. She's not free. No, so a lot of, a lot of children have these issues and we are in different, different settings, I have to give them counseling. How old are you? 25. Uh, Are you working? Yes. Where do you stay? I stay. Is your house there? No. Where is your home? My home is 1500 kilometers away. Have you got baptized? No. Why? Because my father will not agree. You need your father's permission Hmm. to get baptized at this age? Are you a minor? Does he pay your fee? Does he pay your salary? Does he put clothes on your back? So you put your father above God. I said, you are not getting husband. No, but doesn't the Bible say that is for children? That is for children. That is not for somebody who is an adult, who is living on his own, making his own money, and is not dependent upon his parents. What does God say? Honor your father and mother. But don't honor them more than you honor me. God says, get baptized. Father says, I will not, don't get baptized. Who will you obey? God. I'll obey God. And this is where the problem comes, because this is all connected with uh, making judgments, receiving correction. No, because you have everywhere in a family setting, you have this problem with parents, with brothers and sisters. Even Moses went through. <laughs> Moses went through. They all went through. All of them went through these situations. And you need to realize, you know, and Moses, you see, this is a problem, okay. <clears throat> Israel was 40 years in uh Israel lived the first generation lived as slaves. So they have no will. They are slaves inside, though they have been set free. Moses was not a slave, he was a prince. But forty years in the wilderness he lived like a slave. To whom? To his father in law. Father in law. No, He's his uh Jacob fast forward. Mm-hmm. Twenty years there, forty years here. Okay? So you know what happens? Jethro comes. And when Jethro comes, you know what? He's falling flat, flat on his face.
1: And takes his advice.
0: And takes his advice. Mm-hmm.
1: It's
0: connected with something has got nothing to do with Jethro. This is about God. This is about God's kingdom. The God who promised him, my presence will go with you. And Jethro says, why do you take all this burden upon yourself? Pick 70 people, and then immediately, because he's the leader, he picks 70 people, God anoints him. You see, some of the things we do without checking with God, God will still anoint because he will not buck his chain of command. Hmm. Later he will come and smack you. Who told you to do it? But I don't want to discredit you before people. Because I called you and I anointed you. You know, these 70 people is what becomes a Sanhedrin. These 70 people, 2,000, 3,000 years later, will gather in the night and crucify Jesus. You know where it started? Because he obeyed his father-in-law. And not just honored. Honored. He should have just honored And father-in-law said that, he says, it's okay. It's okay, dad. The anointing is bearing it. I'll go check with God. I'll go check with, I'll, I'll let me spend. I mean, he's the one to whom God speaks face to face. Mm. (laughs) Why do you need to listen to the priest of Midian? (laughs) When you are the priest of Israel. He should have just honored his father-in-law because, no? Instead of obeying his father. And this is where problem happens. Mm-hmm. Abraham should have honored Terah instead of obeying Terah. So mm-hmm. he was goofed up for so many years after the call in Haran. So people have to be very, very careful about understanding from, but be humble in your heart, honor them, keep your mouth shut, don't dishonor them, be very, very careful about it. But some of, some, some of the ways to do it is zip your lip That's and the do what God has told you and not what they told you. Yes.
1: second question says, uh, the word says we have the mind of Christ. But why do we have so many doctrines, different beliefs, if we are led by the same spirit? Can we not have the same mind in the body of Christ?
0: Yes, you can. But let me tell you this. The word says we have the mind of Christ. Basically, if you see illustration, it is talking about a seed. In a seed, it's got everything in the right climate, right condition, right time frame. It will become a tree, which will bear fruit according to that seed. It is there. Everybody who is saved in the spirit of God and you are born again as a child, a little child, you have the mind of Christ. That doesn't mean you think like Christ.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You don't think like Christ. Now we have to keep growing in the mind by pulling down every thought, every imagination that is contrary to Christ. That is why Jesus is a person he's also called the word of god yes yes okay he's a person he's the son of god but he is the one who is given the title the word of god mm. okay that is how we understand because how do you think can you think without words no no if you have no language you cannot think you cannot think to think you have so children don't think the babies don't think because they have no language they only respond to to light to movements color i don't think they even see really color in the first few months of their life so they, because they cannot think because to think uh, you need words okay so when you are talking about you have the mind of christ for that mind to become the mind of christ god says meditate upon my word day and night it is not memorizing scripture Mm -hmm -hmm. which is excellent you need to if you can especially when you are young Young, okay It, it is not confessing scripture god says you need to it is basically understanding the principles of god's kingdom you can memorize scripture you can confess it all day long and not understand the principles of god's kingdom yes yes that is exactly what he told the pharisees you sit on the seat of moses you memorize and read and teach the law but you don't understand the scriptures talk about me. Mm-hmm. You have the Word of God, but you don't have the life of God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, life of God. So there it says, "Why are there so much confusion?" It is confusion is basically got to do with doctrine. Can I have that uh, uh, that portion where Jesus said there should be division among you?
1: Uh, First Corinthians chapter seven ah, verse no, 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 twenty.
0: No, 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 no. Jesus says, Jesus.
1: Yeah. Ah, look.
0: There, so that you, you will be approved.
1: Actually, it says in Corinthians. No, no, no. Uh, Paul says there should be divisions among you. Okay, yeah, okay. Paul, okay, okay, first okay. Corinthians Jesus
0: also says one place, no? Uh,
1: first yeah. Corinthians chapter yeah. 7 verse 20. Yeah, yeah. 11 or
0: 20.
1: Okay. It says there should be, there should be schisms among you so that those who are godly can be approved. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, First Corinthians chapter eleven verse nineteen.
0: Eleven nineteen. Okay. Mm. For there also must be factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Mm. Okay. Faction. Actually,
1: the word factions is doctrines. Doctrines. Doctrine. Okay. The, the word first.
0: Did yeah. you see that? So there is Aaron, Miriam, order of birth. Miriam, Aaron, and Moses. That's a division. Who do you know is approved? Moses. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Korah, Datan and Abiram and 250 elders and Moses and Aaron. There's a division. You will know who is the fruit. Okay, now where does the divisions come? Let us talk about the Protestant movement. Leave the Catholic Church aside. The Protestant movement began with Martin Luther. What's the difference between the Lutherans and the Baptists? Lutherans still sprinkle, the Baptists don't.
1: Yes.
0: So the division is over a doctrine of baptism yes. and the doctrine of baptism is important. Mm-hmm. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2 says, these are fundamental, elementary, primary doctrines. Repentance from? Dead works. Dead works, faith dead towards works. God. Okay, so you will have to realize where the division comes. Divisions comes because of doctrine, and these are fundamental. Lord lot of churches no longer preach about uh, repentance, hmm. you know. So fundamentally they have gone wrong. Mm-hmm. So this is fundamental. Mm-hmm. You look at it. Let us go on to perfection, not laying against the foundation of. So if the foundation is not there and you build a house, when the storm comes, it will fall. Because you did not have a life built on this foundation, which is called repentance. Now you have fallen into sin. You are not able to come back because that was never ingrained in your early years. Saul never had a foundation of repentance. David had a foundation Mm -hmm. of repentance. So therefore, David fell deeper in the pit than Saul, but he jumped back because the foundation was strong. This guy never had that foundation. So every time he sinned, he justified himself.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So foundations are important. So how do you have divisions, different districts? Depends upon how the church is built. And these six or seven are fundamental. Repentance from dead works. Second, Faith
1: Towards God
0: Towards God It's faith towards God. You have to turn away and then turn towards God, constantly turn towards God. Otherwise, if you only repent and you don't turn towards God, you will still be a miserable man. Mm -hmm. Because it's when you turn towards God, the righteousness of Jesus Christ comes upon you. He covers you back again. Like the prodigal son, when he came back, the father covered him. But he had to repent and come back before the father could cover him. He couldn't sit there. But when he came back, the father covered him and the elder son didn't like it. But the father's ways doesn't change. Whether mm-hmm. you like it or not, this is what I do to sinners. Yes. Okay, yes. he covers him, turns yes. back to God. And scripture says, the third one, doctrine of...
1: Baptisms. So what
0: is the difference between the Lutherans, the old Lutherans and the Baptists? It's sprinkling. They said, should sprinkle? Baptists said, no. You have to be baptized because Baptists so The Greek term means to immerse. Baptists. You cannot sprinkle. And over that, Baptists died. Mm-hmm history of the churches. Yes. In so many places Baptists were drowned in their baptismal tank by the others, the Protestants. So don't ever talk about persecution was only by the Catholics on the Protestants. Yes, the big one was that. Protestants also have persecuted Protestants over doctrine. Over a doctrine called baptism of water. Okay. What's the difference between the Baptists and the Pentecostals? Over the doctrine of baptisms. They don't see baptisms. Mm-hmm. They only see baptism. It's only one baptism. Yes, that is about water. But after that, there is the baptism of Of the the Holy Spirit. Spirit. No, we don't believe in it. Your problem. Mm. So the Pentecostals left. They left. So if you look at major divisions, it is all based on? Doctrine. Doctrine. And then what is that? The resurrection of the dead. Dead. And Jesus and Paul always had this uh, what ace in their pocket. (laughs) No, Whenever Sadducees and Pharisees came there, they threw that ace. And they spoke about resurrection. And immediately they started fighting among themselves. Because Pharisees believed in? Resurrection, resurrection and Sadducees did not believe it? Resurrection. That's why they were sad. Mm-hmm. Pharisees at least had zeal because they believed in resurrection. So resurrection of the dead is there. No? God says if there is no resurrection of the dead, then your what is your hope? So that is also a, a doctrine. Mm-hmm. Because there are different groups that don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. And then the last one of eternal? Judgment. Ah, they say there is one group, one big group in this Christian I know, who don't believe in eternal judgment. Everybody will be saved. Finally God will reconcile even Lucifer. <laughs> Lucifer. You know, there's this very famous singer uh, in U.S., no, he's old now, he's blind, Stevie Wonder, right? He's the one who's blind. Stevie Wonder, Steve Wonder oh, Everybody yeah. listens. Even I listened to Stevie Wonder was young without knowing his theology. His theology is that God said, love your enemies. The devil is my enemy and I will love the devil.
1: Oh, Lord, I'm mercy. What a what?
0: <laughs> what an incredible theology, right? <laughs> okay. So doctrine makes a difference. The issue is so many divisions are there is because of doctrine. doctrine. Mm. So these are fundamental doctrines. So what you do is that if I were to sit with the Baptists, because I have ministered with all of them, I I don't talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with them. I don't speak about that to them. But Why should I bring a division over there? Mm. I have the minister among them. But what I do is that after I have preached two or three times, they come to me and say, what's the difference between you and us? Mm. You went to Bible college. You didn't go to Bible college. I said, it's because of what I believe. And you don't. Mm. What is that you believe that we do? I said, it's in the Bible. What is it? It is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One of the bishops of a very large denomination, we were sitting together, and he had so many at one point of time he was a moderator of the entire CSICNI Church of India. And we were sitting together at the steps of his uh, parsonage, and we were sitting and talking, and he said, look, they all called me brother James, it's perfectly fine with me. Brother James, you don't believe in ordination?" And I looked him in the eye and said, "Reverend, I believe in the anointing more than the ordination." Ordination is the laying of hands of men. Anointing is what passes through. Mm-hmm. If nothing has passed through, the laying of hands makes no, no difference. Sense.
1: Yes, 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 absolutely.
0: Makes no difference. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you need to realize you can sit and talk with the Baptist as far as you don't get into the Holy Spirit. And if you want to talk about the Holy Spirit, let him ask. Then you will give them the reason for your hope. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Now, that's what I said. I appreciate everything about John MacArthur, except his theology about the Holy Spirit. But that's his call. That's my call. rest, I agree, I believe he's one of the best teachers of the world alive today. But when it comes to the uh, Holy Spirit, I don't agree with him. But I listen to much of his criticism about the Pentecostals. Because he's so good in the word, he's able to see our faults. That's why I always tell Pentecostals, you should read, even if you don't read any of John MacArthur's book, you should read his criticism about Pentecostals, which is called Charismatic Chaos. chaos. You have to read it. So you will realize our errors because he sees it very well. And some of them are extremely well-founded. Extremely well-founded. So we have all these things that is why happen, And God allows it. God allows it to see who is proved now let us think about Galatia there is James. is all the Galatian believers from James uh, Peter has come other brothers have come and when Peter was trying to separate why didn't the Holy Spirit speak to Peter and say Peter you are doing wrong we are all one you are all one in me Why didn't the Holy Spirit speak to Peter and check him and correct him when the anointing that was upon him earlier was healing people when his shadow fell upon them? Why didn't he correct him? So that down the ages, God would show to us when it comes to doctrine, who is approved, not Peter, it is Paul who is Mm approved. God was telling, you know what? I allowed this division to happen without checking it, so that you will know it was Paul who was approved when it comes to doctrine and not Peter. You tell me, when you talk about the church is built on the foundation of apostles and prophets, which apostle? Paul. Mm. As
1: name. a wise master
0: builder, he laid the foundation. Paul. You know why? Mm. Because he was approved. Mm-hmm. He was approved. Doctrinally approved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was approved doctrinally. Therefore, he is the one man God speak uses from that day till today against Judaizers. This entire movement, mm-hmm. I keep on getting happy Sukkot, happy Rosh Hashanah. All these Jewish things people are going back to. They have no clue what they're getting into. You don't ever go back to the law. You get back to the law, you come under a curse. Because any man who does not keep the entire law will never be approved. So Paul who was the Pharisee of Pharisees is the one who God uses to debunk the entire idea that has come in. And it even influenced Peter and Barnabas. Yes. So God allows these things. So we have to go through the Word of God and ultimately you no know, we we're not mad with them, but we don't have to agree with anybody in those areas where we know they are of scripture.
1: I know. Third part she's, she's asking, as there are so many false preachings and to be safe from them, we are told to refer to the scripture, but how do we know the correct interpretation of the word? Because they also use the same word and give the same, give the interpretation, interpretation. So how do we know that our interpretation is from God?
0: One of the first things, honestly, you have to do is what I did personally is this. You have to go and surrender to God always and say, Lord, you know what? The reason I am searching this is simply one thing. I want to love you with all my heart, with all my strength, Amen. with all my mind. Amen. This is not about being right before man. Yes. This yes. is not about winning an argument. Mm. This is about being right with
1: you. Hallelujah. Yes. yes.
0: This so. is about being right with you. Mm-hmm. That is why Jesus talks about the other blessing. Blessed is the man. Who is not offended, offended because of me? Him. A lot of people are offended by the word, and God can never speak to them again, correct them again. Never could. Have. David could be corrected all the way till the end of his life because he was never offended by God's word. Mm. No. So you have to be very, very careful. You are not trying to win. This is my argument. You have all have to agree with me, no, Lord. You, as I go along, Lord, even at the end of my life, also willing to change my doctrine if I know I am wrong. Ah, yes, willing to wrong because this is not about me. This is about you. You is about you. Why am I searching truth? Because you said I am the truth. Why am I studying the word? Because you said my word is the truth. That is the reason. That is the reason. It's all connected with the relationship. One day I want to live with you. When I live with you I'm going to live in the very presence of truth. So now you have given me something by which I can. You have given me the spirit of truth that teaches me. So when I am listening to a preacher I'm basically looking into just not his teaching. Is it the spirit of truth Amen. that is teaching? Amen. Him. Amen. 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 Is it the spirit of truth? Because the spirit inside me should agree with what yes. he is saying. But to agree with, I need to know the Word of God. Mm-hmm. I need to be a good student. Not to preach. You and I need to know fundamental. You know, even if you don't know the whole Word of God, if you understand the fundamental concepts of the Word of God. Okay, like somebody asked me last week I said these are the two questions you need to ask anytime you listen to a message if I receive it does it make me holy Mm
1: -hmm.
0: two does it make my ways righteous Mm -hmm. these two questions that's all you need to do if I receive this do I become holy that is the nature of God Second, do I become righteous? That is the, the ways, ways of, of God. God. Yes. These two questions. If not, don't receive it. Mm-hmm. And as long as you keep these two questions in the top of your mind, you will be able to, able to discern doctrine. Yeah. Hey, this sounds very good, and all the promises also look good, but if I take it, I will actually go the other side. Yes. Other side. But this looks, Rosh Hashana looks so good, Sukkot looks so good, but if I actually do it, <laughs> and I look over here, every man in the Bible under the law was a miserable man. And only commendation for them were those who walked by faith and not who walked by the law. Yes. So why should I go there? Mm -hmm. It is called a yoke. It is called a burden. It is called a curse. Why am I going back to that? Why am I being pulled into that? Of course it looks good if you wave Israel's jhanda Especially in India, if you wear Israel's janda, because Israel and India are very close in <laughs> defense production. So, BJP also will like you if you wear Israel's janda. Okay? So, but, do I have to wave Israel's flag? No. No, I don't have to. Why should I wear Israel's flag? If I wear why should I? No. That's how I look at it. Yes, Pastor Vijay.
1: Pastor, the final question for the day.
0: Mm-hmm. There was a question I want for, this is yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> okay, okay. the final question. Not that I have the answer to question four.
1: But yeah, the final question for the day is, why did God allow President Trump and his wife and the Republicans to get this deathly disease? And why did God not hear our prayer? Is God mad at us? And do you think he's coming back soon? And that is why God is not extending mercy towards his children? We have sinned against God. But why the President of the USA? Please help us understand.
0: Honestly, I don't have. I mean, I can only give you what my take on it. And like Paul says, I think I do also have the spirit of God. But I'm not giving a prophecy or a final this thing. The whole idea is that in this particular matter, I've listened to a lot of people. Okay, the prophetic circle. Nobody seems to be very sure what is God's hand on America. So everybody is waiting for number third. Are we getting mercy or is it over? Nobody. Nobody is able to define Unlike last time. 2016, a lot of people said Trump will win. Straight away said Trump will win. But this time, everybody is like... It has got less to do with Trump and more to do with the church. Last time, it more had to do with Trump Trump and less to do with the the church. church. This time, it's got to do with the church. It's got to do with the church. And honestly i don't know which way it is going but you also have to look through eyes of faith yes he's got covid 19 he's in walter reed in the military hospital his wife is probably in the uh, this thing and uh, republicans are the ones who have got it and of course they did not wear the mask and all that okay so all that is there but that's not the point the point is that why do you think the disease will stop him from winning the election Amen. Why do you think? What if God is saying that, Trump, I know you go running around to every place and crowds and rallying and rallying and rallying. What if I can win this election for you without you doing anything? Just sit there for 10 days. I'll win this election for you. Why do you write him God off? Don't we see the fundamental principles in the kingdom of God? God said it's not by might or strength, it's by my spirit. Yes, it's, okay. mm-hmm. it's my spirit. Mm-hmm. Why do we write it off? I'm not saying which way it goes, which way it goes. I do believe there was a diabolical plot to bring the whole thing down. Because I, I, <laughs> I do my own research by looking at who all are infected. This is how I do. I do my own contact tracing, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, look at President Trump, Melania, uh, Senator Tillis, Senator, the other guy from Utah, uh, Killian Conway. I'm looking at all these people and said, where were all these people together, Hope Hicks? Where were they all together? Because they were all not with him in the rallies and all. Where were they all together at one place? And I believe, if my calculation is right, they were all together at one place when he introduced Amy uh the, the, the judge, the, they, the next nominee, Amy, uh, Amy Barrett. Yeah, Amy Barrett at the White House launch. These people were all there, and I believe there was a skunk in the middle who brought the infection in deliberately to stop the nomination process. So one shot two birds, and to stop the rallies. I do believe because they do all the kind of wicked things. If you have come deliberately with the germs on it, you cannot be tested. You can be tested only if you have it in you, not on you, mm-hmm. on you. And I have heard even in this nation, people are spreading it deliberately out of vindictiveness, vindictiveness, taking it from people who have and putting it on doorknobs and also that you will touch and rub your face over. A lot of people do, and they used to do with HIV too. HIV infected people would be so angry and bitter and would have their syringes and infect others. You know, one girl gets HIV. She's angry with all the men, and she decides to sleep with every man she can meet and give it to everybody. So, a lot of wickedness. You need to understand. Okay, so I do believe something happened over there. Something happened over there. And if it is so, if it is happened over there, that is what I will always say. Devil meant for evil. God will turn. God it around. turn it around for good. God will turn around for good. If God has decided four more years. Nobody can stop it. God has decided it is over. Nobody can change it. But as long as we do not know the definite will of God, yeah. our job is, is to, to pray. pray. Amen. Let thy will be done. Amen, yes, Lord. Let thy will be done. Thank and we Lord. pray for the right person. Timothy Keller like that and uh, John McCarthy. Timothy Keller is talking nonsense.
1: Okay? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He's talking nonsense. Because he's talking nonsense about, okay, he's a politician. Let me tell you honestly, as a pastor, I'm going live and telling it, I do believe homosexuality should be decriminalized. We are not living under the law. I don't, I don't like uh, somebody who is gay who is being executed. I don't like somebody who is gay being put in prison. I do believe it's against grace. I don't believe in it. And so many countries, they have been executed, they have been imprisoned, because people under the new covenant did not understand the precepts of the new, uh, Of the, the, you don't take literally the law. Let me ask you, so if you go by the letter of the law of the Old Testament, the Bible says if you have a rebellious son, you should bring to the friend of the crowd and stone him to death. Will you do that with your son? Mm-hmm. If you follow one law, you have, you to, follow have to follow all the laws. Yes. Let every adulterous man and woman be stoned to death. How many people will be left in the church? I do have issues. I do have issues because, you know, I have issues with that. So we have to desensitize people by saying that it is not homosexuality alone which is sin in God's eyes. So is adultery. So is fornication. So is drunkenness. So is gluttony. All this. If we had been fair on all these things, this group would have looked at us with respect. You know why they don't look at us with respect? We picked on them. And that alone. While the adulterer, the fornicator, the drunkard, the glutton all sits in the church and he's not picked on, they were picked on. And I have issues with that. I have issues with that. So if God will forgive a woman who was caught in adultery and say, go sin no more, I believe the same Jesus will look at the one who is struggling with homosexuality and maybe even a relationship and says, go, I forgive you, no, I forgive you, don't sin anymore. Okay, So you have to look at that. You have to look at that. So you have to be very careful about it. But when it comes to other issues, okay, other issues, we cannot allow their agenda to come in. Mm -hmm. Their agenda is different. The agenda is to make the church approve of their behavior. If you don't approve of a behavior and legitimize our behavior, we will shut you down. That's exactly what they are trying to do in U.S. And churches are under tremendous pressure. Therefore, I look at that, and I look at the abortion, everything, and I will say, you cannot vote for Biden. You cannot vote for Biden. You can only vote for Bo- for Trump. Because Trump stands for the freedom of everybody. And you choose, like God says. I said before you, life and death. You choose. He stands for the freedom, like the child, unborn child, you know. And he has only certain cases. He says when the mother's life is at risk or incest or rape, I give the woman the right to abort. Okay, and I believe that's a choice. You, can't, you cannot take a girl who has been, let's say the poor girl who was raped and burned in her body. Imagine she survived the rape by 15 men and she is conceived. And you tell, you know, you cannot abort that baby. How dare you make that call? Mm-hmm. How dare you make that call on a traumatized victim? You pray for her and says, honey, you do what not? But I can't make this call because I don't know what you have gone through. (laughs) But you were walking around with your boyfriend and sleeping with your boyfriend. You got pregnant. You tell that girl, you know what? This is the result of you seeking pleasure. The child is innocent. Child is innocent. Don't you dare about that baby. But in other case, I will say that I will try to help you through this entire process of trauma. I will take care of the baby also and see it is adopted. But I will not make a judgment call on you because it is either incest or it is rape or the mother's life is at... No, let me ask you this question. Let us go scripturally. Rachel is giving birth and she is dying. But there is a gynecologist there who tells Jacob, Either Benjamin can die or Rachel can die. You choose. You know what Jacob will say? I want Rachel. Rachel, absolutely. I want Rachel. I will do the same thing. I want Rachel. I can have another child, but I cannot have another Rachel. Yes. Also. So this is where you have to make those distinctions. But sometimes people get so hard and tough, and they don't have the heart of God. How God looks at traumatized people and traumatized victims. So when I look at that, when Trump is standing on, and he's not a pastor, he's not spiritual, but he's looking at, and some of his stance, I understand. He says, I stand for the freedom to speak. There's no cancel culture. You can speak, you can speak, everybody can speak. America is a land of the free. Everybody can Let
1: speak. the best idea survive. Let
0: the best ideas survive. It's a marketplace of ideas. Why do you cancel me? Because you're afraid of me. You know? Why do you cancel me? Let every idea be spoken. Okay? So, that he wants. The freedom to worship. Okay? So, when I look at what he's standing on, he's standing on everything which matters to the church. Therefore, I believe Timothy Keller is wrong. John so MacArthur is right. John McArthur is right, and Katie Mathematical is absolutely wrong, absolutely wrong, that if you are a Christian today, a believing Christian, you cannot vote, not Joe Biden, he may be a nice guy, you are looking at the platform, Joe Biden may look like a very nice guy, and Trump may look like a very hard guy, but look at what they are standing for, you are not looking at the person in politics, you are looking at what they are standing for, I will never vote for the democratic policies, I will never vote for their policies. It is against anthema to God, their policies. I look at this side, I will. Because they're talking about socialism. The end of socialism is that it will be like China. The land belongs to the government. But my God is a God of private property. He says, every man will get your plot from generation to generation. It cannot be sold.
1: Mm.
0: And even a king will be executed because he took another man's land. Mm -hmm. Because a God, my God, is a, a private property owner. And he values that. But in the communist system, what happens is the government becomes God. Mm -hmm. That is the two different ideologies of Republicans and Democrats. Democrats are for big government. Mm -hmm. Government is God. Here, government wants to get out of your life. Mm -hmm. You make your own decisions. We will give you a peaceful atmosphere to thrive. And that's how America became the greatest nation. These are two ideologies. And when I look at that, This ideology, capitalistic ideology, is closer to the kingdom of God than the communist ideology. It's anthema to God. So when you look at these two platforms, and I believe which idea will win, depends upon what God has decided. Okay, like I said, I said it once to Jeremiah, God told Israel, don't fight Babylon. I've handed you over. Don't fight. Just surrender. If you fight, you will die. If you surrender, I'll bring a remnant back. So I don't know which way it is going. Deep inside, I still, because at the end of the day, you are still human. You still believe for more years. You still believe that, uh, because you look at the crowds and you see the, see, I will tell you, the election in US this year is about one man. It's about Trump. Nobody's voting for Biden. They're either voting for Trump or they're voting against Trump. Biden is not even there in the picture. That's why he doesn't even have to go out. Because if he goes out, he may lose votes. And they are very smart about it. They know if he goes out, he may lose votes. If he stays in, at least the anger against Trump, artificial anger can be whipped up. So it's only one man in the entire election that is standing. It is Trump. It is Trump. Okay? You are either voting for him, you are voting against him. You are not voting for Trump. And then the cookie in the jar is Amy. Barrett. Barrett, the conservative judge, if it goes 6-3, if she is confirmed 6-3. That is why Republican senators were infected. And two of them who are infected are part of the first screening committee. Two of them. So they, if they cannot meet, we'll say quarantine, but Zoom is there. Mm-hmm. So two people who matter, that is uh, the leader, what is I forgot his name. And uh, the guy from Lindsay and the big guy, you know, not Chuck Grassley, the other person. Uh, the one, no, I don't want to use this nickname because they have all have nicknames. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But they both have said it is going on. So we have to see. We have to see it's a battle that is going on. It's a battle. It's a battle for the soul of America. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. question is, what has God decided about the soul is the issue. We have to battle for the soul, but ultimately leave it to God. Amen? Amen. We shall pray. for. Yes, father we just come to you lord in the name of jesus and we will pray as you taught us to pray two thousand years ago your name be hallowed your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven that's our prayer whether it is u.s or whether it is india our prayer is to bring the kingdom down Because then only man will be at peace with God and with one another. Yes. When the kingdom comes in, it's a kingdom of peace. It's a kingdom of love. It's a kingdom of joy. It's a kingdom of righteousness. Therefore, we will pray every day of our life, Thy kingdom come, Lord. We pray also for President Trump and Melania and all the others, oh Lord. I pray, Father, that you would touch them. You would heal them. My prayer is that when he is in that Walter Reed Hospital in the presidential suite, Lord. He will have an encounter with you. Amen. Amen. He will have an encounter with you, Lord. The man who went to the hospital and who comes out will be a different man. Let the world say whatever they want. But every man who encounters you never comes out the same. Yes, Lord. The man who went up the mountain, the man who came down the mountain, were two different men. Just not the same Moses who came down. And I pray, Lord... President Trump will have a experience. Not even for the sake of America or the world. For his own sake first. For every soul is precious. I pray he will have a divine encounter with you. <laughs> and America will have another encounter with you. And then your world will have an encounter with you before the end comes, Lord. That's what we pray and believe. I speak healing into the bodies of everyone. Yes, Lord. Some of them are being traumatized. Some of them are on ventilators. I speak your word of healing. Your word says, "O oh Lord, I sent forth my word and healed you of your infirmities. I bring to your remembrance your word, and I speak it, Lord. Your word can never be limited. I pray the Spirit will take that word and touch them in their hearing and heal them and raise them up from their sick beds O oh Lord. And they will be stronger than before, O oh Master. We come tonight and tomorrow into their hands as we gather in your house." I pray, Father, your people will come prepared to meet you. Not for anything else. First to meet you and then to meet one another. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. By faith, we enter into your rest. Our soul will not be troubled in the night. We will rest like a child weaned in the arms of his mother. Because your rest is our portion. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let me hide myself in me. Let the
1: water and the blood from
0: thy wounded its side which flow be of sin double cure.
1: Stay from wrath. Make me go Not the way of my hands Can fulfill
0: Thy lost demands
1: i yeah. yeah.